forever. Dog. Hello, gentle listeners. My name is Andrew Farmer, and welcome to Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast all about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. And today, filling in for Anna Dresden is a real treat of a guest. She's a writer, storyteller, and voiceover artist of great renown. You know her from Welcome to Night Vale, Bojack Horseman, her book Where Am I Now, and the audiobook The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives Near Home. It's old friend of the pod and old friend of my life, Mar Wilson. Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me again. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's such a pleasure. Uh, Mara, of course, uh, helped us a couple months ago by reading uh, the cat's paw story from Scary Stories Tell in the Dark, and we just had to have her back. We're now in the thick of October, which yeah. many do consider the spookiest month of the year, although yes, we hear on the pod feel that spooky isn't seasonal. However, we love True. embracing the the universal appreciation of October as a spooky month. But there are so many fun activities that we can't do anymore I know. Um, in order I to be about, responsible. Yeah, I think about how kids can't, uh, they, they can't really trick or treat. I know. And and either either they just don't trick or treat at all or their parents give them candy or like like I kind of like the idea of like people throwing candy from their windows. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. It it kind of reminds me of how like uh when I was young we would uh and I have I mean I have three older brothers and when they had their bar mitzvahs at the end of the ceremony uh, we would throw candy at them. Oh, and that's sometimes nice. Yeah. And sometimes it would be like this, like really soft, like gummy candy, you know, it would would be like soft, chewy candy. So it wouldn't hurt. But I think one year we did, we did like Hershey's Kisses. And I feel like, yeah, if you, if you throw enough of those, they're going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah. That can cause some damage. I mean, they have one pointy end. Things can go wrong real fast. (laughs) Exactly. I I, I just remember, I remember like my brother ducking down uh, very well uh, away from them. (laughs) There's a difference between being hit by that and being hit by like, by gummy candy. For sure. Right. Yeah. I think some like might have hit the rabbi. Like there was like a poor old <laughs> rabbi who got hit. Yeah. I felt bad for him. <laughs> oh no. Uh, uh, um, I mean, well, the other thing that's kind of come into fruition now is that there are these drive through haunted houses. Have you heard of these? No. That sounds amazing though. I know. So there's one I'm bummed to say. There's one that's um, a Stranger Things one that Netflix is putting on. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's great. I'll I'll like make an appointment for us to do it. And I looked and the next available slot was in February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spooky, I mean, spooky I, February. People want to do – people want – I mean, I mean I'm – I'm from Burbank and Burbank, California is spooky all year round. Oh yeah. There are multiple Halloween stores that stay open all year round. It's a Halloween adventure from January through January. Yeah. Like it's really easy. Like, like Burbank's kind of, it's kind of like a sleepy town, but it's really easy to be a goth there. (laughs) I knew so many goths when I was growing up and, and I see so many goths now, like, like back when, like before this happened, when I would I would go to Burbank more often, uh, I, I you know, and I would like walk up and down the street and goes and go into stores and bakeries and things. Uh, uh-huh. I would see so many kids out on the street just like dressed in all black all the time and with like purple hair and and like 
and I, I was just like, nothing has changed since like the the kids with the like Invader Zim T-shirt and, <laughs> and Gur backpacks, you know, when That's, I was in high school. What about Invader Zim really just locked in goth kids? I don't know. The thing is, I I was kind of scared of it. Right. It, it, it kind of felt a little too creepy to me. There was one episode where he's like harvesting kids in his class as organs. Yes, that I think was the one that scared me. Yeah. That was like that one scared me a little too much. Uh <laughs> I, I really liked Gur and I liked uh I, I kind of liked the conspiracy theorist kid. Like I thought he was oh, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. But but yeah, but I was like, Sim is stealing people's organs? What the hell? So <laughs> it's it's so funny that like bookended by like Rugrats and Doug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, like I, I mean, I think about it and I'm like, okay, well, my favorite my favorite shows at the time were things like The Twilight Zone. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and, you know, and I loved like Treehouse of Horror and things like that. Uh, but yeah, but I do think it's really funny that uh, that that Invader Zim like struck such a chord with so many kids. I and know. I'm really curious about it. Kids are so much darker than everybody thinks. That's really true, because I mean, the books that we cover, the Scary Stories Tell in the Dark series, it, what's amazing is they're the most banned book, I think, second to like religious books in schools. Yeah. Um, and and yet people just sought them out. Like you couldn't get enough of them when you could get your hands on one, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. I had, I was really big into Bruce Coville's books. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've talked a lot about him and his books and there are still books and stories of his that will make me cry to this day. I know. Uh, They're just stories about loss and about, you know, being a lost child and being a, a child who doesn't really know, doesn't have like the steadiest home life and things like that. Like his books were so sweet and so understanding, I think, and really wise. But he had he had these uh, books of short stories. Yes. And some of them contain some of my favorite short stories still to this day. And some like legitimate like Janelle Simner and Vivian Van Velde and uh, and Ray Bradbury was in there. And, oh, yeah. And like, yeah, some like really big, legit names. They they had uh, the story that the episode to serve man from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> That's based right. on. <laughs> yeah. And and those, I think, were really like I, I was sometimes a little too scared to watch scary TV shows. And I was very scared of horror movies. Mm-hmm. But scary stories and books were were really fun for me. That access point, I feel like is pretty I've heard so many other people say the same thing where it's yeah. like often um, for fearful people like you and I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the entry level of horror is like reading about it because you can put it down like exactly. It, you're sort of in the pilot seat of like how scary you're going to allow yourself to imagine that in your head. Yeah. There was, I, maybe I mentioned this in the last episode you were on because I feel like you and I can't get together without talking about Bruce Coville. But <laughs> that's so true. Bruce Coville <laughs> follows me on Twitter. We should send this episode to him. That's huge. I will, Hi, would Bruce. love, Bruce, if you're out there, we're big fans. Um, yeah. But there was one, I feel like it was called like, it was from his book of like thrillers or chillers or something. And it was about a girl who comes from like an abusive household and her friend who's very poor. And she finds a portal where the wolf man can take you into a portal where you turn into a wolf. Yes. And I was like – yeah, she's she's really poor. She lives with her grandparents, I think, and she's That's getting right. bullied really badly. And he he has like he's living with like parents or guardians who who abuse him. And yeah, and they they get this like magic key and you see a wolf man appear. Yes. And and uh yeah, and and he's like we can let you in and and you can become a wolf and we can you could just play and and be a wolf with us if you want. 
And it's, it's about whether or not they're going to choose to go and, and be with him. It's frankly astounding looking back how much that story might have informed my personality as a kid. Yeah, there's there's one there's another one a similar one that he writes about another abused child who uh, grows angel wings, and oh, wow. uh, and or or maybe they're dragon wings. He, he grows wings and he he goes off to an island where kids who are are going through like horrible things escape to. And uh, the kids on the island say, you can either stay with us or we can show you what you'll look like as an adult. Oh. And and you can choose to grow up and become that adult or you can choose to stay out with us on this island. And wow. like, I, I can't talk about it very much without wanting to cry. Honestly, I know. Oh because my it's, so, God. it's really beautiful. And and I just think about like how many kids are going to read that and and find, you know, that kind of joy in it and that and that kind of idea of like the the idea of, of of it gets better basically right right that is yeah. wow i didn't even think of that as being like a the theme of so many of those stories of like yeah struggling through your childhood but just hoping that okay one day i won't have to deal with the same problems i'm dealing with now yeah i mean i think that's so much it's interesting because so much of horror involving ch- children is about their innocence mm-hmm. and and trying to preserve their innocence i think yeah. But some of these stories were aimed at kids or were about kids who very clearly weren't always innocent, were dealing with things and were right, different. Right. And you didn't always have it it written as explicitly as you do some days, like about kids who were, were LGBTQ or, you know, uh, kids mm-hmm. with disabilities or things like that. Like sometimes right. they would explicitly address these things, but it, it felt more like a general kind of thing Yeah, in, yeah. in those days. I think. And you could kind of take it to be like, this is about me. So Mara, you join us today on a Wednesday episode, which mm-hmm. classically is Urban Legisode Day. Yes. And when I asked Mara what she would like to talk about, I was thrilled at her response, uh, which Mara, what are we going to be talking about today? So we are going to be talking about uh, Haunted Griffith Park and uh. some other some other legends of the area. That uh, is not too far from us. Yes, um, because I grew up. I grew up uh, in. I grew up in Burbank and Griffith Park and and you know this this area and sort of Hollywoodish. Th- those things kind of loomed large in my in my childhood, and uh, and so I wanted to do more research into it because I also feel like Griffith Park is a type of place. Like, if you go to Central Park in New York, mm-hmm. you can get you can get lost in it, but it's pretty open. You know, You're going to be able to see some buildings that you can walk in the direction of. Exactly, it's it's pretty open. Same with Prospect Park and and most of the parks like in New York and uh, and things. But Griffith Park is very hilly and very big and very strange. Yes, like, and it is it is in for those of you who might not be familiar with it. It is a massive park in Hollywood, in California. And there's a lot going on there that I think is very strange. <laughs> and <laughs> I think maybe one of the things that wanted, made me want to do this was uh, I was talking to one of my brothers and he was talking about like, my brothers would have their like cross country and track meets there Oh, uh, when we were kids. And they, uh, and one of them started talking to me about uh, a murder house. <gasps> that was nearby and how they would go there when they, you know, they, they would, they would ride their bikes over like sort of, you know, it stranger kids, eighties right. kid style uh, and, and look in the windows. And it was a house on Glendower place. Uh, and there's the story is, and I actually looked it up and the story is of uh, there was a doctor who, who uh, it, it's pretty gruesome. He killed his wife and then uh, tried to kill his daughter, but she survived. 
and escaped. And for a long time, for a long time, the house was completely the same as it was in the 50s. Oh, wow. And so, and the story is either that it was that family kept it there the way that it was in the 50s and and it had just been the same for, you know, 50, 60 years. But there are also people who say that another family came in and took over for a year or two and then just abruptly fled. Oh. Yeah. And either story is pretty horrifying. And he yes. was telling me, he was like, he was like, they, they put up, I think they've, they've like made a way so it's inaccessible now. And I think people have probably bought it and are remodeling it now. But he, he said that you used to be able to look through the windows and it was just like this terrifying time capsule because oh nothing had God. changed. So that made me want to look more into, you know, the, the, are there any hauntings? Are there any strange stories about things that happen mm-hmm. in Griffith Park? And it turns out that there are a lot. <laughs> and oh probably, probably the best known one, uh, the, the like most addressed one is uh, uh, there. It's addressed here in an LA Times article from 2006 <laughs> called Legend of the Haunted Griffith Park Picnic Table. Yes. <laughs> so. So I'm I'm going to I'm I'm going to read a little bit of this article. Perfect. So, minus the blood and gore and crushed corpses and police caution tape, not much has changed in 30 years. High up and deep within Griffith Park, the scene remains otherwise no different from how it looked on the evening of October 31st, <gasps> 1976. Oh. Yeah. My god, it's a Halloween horror. It's a Halloween horror story, exactly. Wow. When tragedy literally befell a young Hollywood couple, inconceivably crushed by a nearby tree that toppled over them while they made love upon a picnic table (gasps) just off minding just off winding mount hollywood drive what so yeah it says as lurid as it was inexplicable the deaths of 22 year old musician rand garrett and aspiring actress nancy jeanson 20 were nonetheless a brief blip on the raiders of local newscasts and newspapers by and large laid to rest after their cremated remains were scattered upon the table and surroundings where the childhood sweethearts died in each other's arms you what's crazy i can't believe that tree subscribed to the 1980s slasher notion of if you have sex you die yeah exactly and it i mean it sounds like they were like they were like uh childhood you know sweethearts like they were very young they've been together a long time um i I do kind of question their decision to have sex on a picnic table correct because tables are kind of (laughs) gross right also would put a blanket down exactly i hope they did i hope they did you know because <laughs> think of the people that are about to follow you but it was also the 70s and like free yeah. love was a big thing and it was so, different people were leaving trash wherever just because they know? were yeah i've seen that Mad Men episode exactly that's my only source of reference <laughs> yes they just leave all their trash in the park uh, right so so that's that i think was a that that was that was an interesting choice to begin with but uh some people it's it, now it, it it goes on to say that witnesses claim that they talk about eerie events that witnesses claim began happening shortly after their death purportedly continue to occur to this day, bolstering a belief that the anguished spirits of Rand and Nancy are wandering never too far from the picnic table that simultaneously brought them together and tore them apart. And there's this great quote that sounds like a character you would play. <laughs> this guy says, people thought I was damn crazy, said retired city tree trimmer Morris Carl when he tried to explain <laughs> what happened to him a few days after authorization had been given to clear the fallen tree and he was back for the duty. I drove up there with a job to do and I aimed to do it. What I didn't figure on was getting scared out of my wits. 
I cannot believe this man. Yes. Retired city tree trimmer Morris Carl. Yeah. And hero. I mean, tri- tree trimming in LA is like a big deal. Oh my tree gosh. Yeah. Especially like the people who, who trim palm trees. Like, oh, that's it- a dangerous job. There was a video recently of a guy who was trimming palm trees. And he, when he, uh, after he cuts off the palms, he just holds on and the tree just swings back and forth like it's in a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> It's wild. So they it talks about how he he uh, he said that he he hadn't believed in, in ghosts or hadn't thought about whether or not they were real before. But from that point on, I certainly don't give any thought that they aren't, he says. So uh, he, he got there at 1140 a.m. a week later, and he was uh, charged with sawing up the branches and a trunk of the large sycamore tree into more manageable pieces. But he started to feel overcome with a, quote, strange sensation. In my statement, I said that I felt funny. What happened was I'd sawed off the crown of the tree when from out of nowhere, I got hit with these real strong chills so hard it was as if I was coming down with the fastest flu ever. I tried to shake it off and get back to work, but each time I'd fire up the saw and get near the tree, I'd get real cold and hear this weird moaning and crying. So I'd stop the saw and listen and it would go away. But then I'd start her up again and it would come back. Finally, I was freezing so bad I had to go to the truck to get my coat. That's when Carl wrote that the fallen tree started shaking violently. Oh. Yeah, so he he says that the tree just went crazy, not just lightly shaking, but bouncing up and down as if somebody was picking it up and dropping it. Oh. And it landed repeatedly on the table with such force as to knock the heavy power saw off the table to the ground. And then the tree stopped moving, but then the moaning started up again, accompanied by a warning from an ominous voice that Carl says sounded as if someone was sitting right there in the cab with him and whispering in his ear. It told me, leave us alone, very insistently. So I tried, but the engine wouldn't turn over. Next thing is this rubbing sound along the windshield. Next thing is this rubbing sound along the windshield. And letters are being written across the fogged up glass. First, there's an N and an E, and the first word is next. Then there's a T and an I, and that ends up being time. Then a Y, O, and a U. The last word was die. Carl? Yeah. He says, man, but did the truck engine finally fire up right then? And I burned rubber, Carl says. Left the saw right there on the ground in broad daylight, and I just got the hell out. I still get chills, and no, there never was a next time. I never went back. So um, so his supervisor said, was, like, pissed at him. And and uh, uh, he said, uh, when the day came a month or so later, and he asked me for the millionth time if I'd heard any ghost stories, I bet him fifty. I bet him $500. That he didn't have the guts to shut up and go do it himself. Dang if he didn't take me up on it right there. And it was his crazy idea to go do it after dark. It was the last time Carl saw Higgs alive. (gasps) So yeah, the next morning, uh, a sunrise uh, that it says the next morning after sunrise, there was a jogger going up there and they found Higgs flat on his back and not moving a chainsaw by his side with the blade bent into a U shape. Uh, He, he allegedly died of a heart attack. What? And Carl says that the, the man died of fright, that his hair had gone completely white and he had a horrified expression on his face. So, yeah, he claims he claims that. And, and this is all one person's telling of the story. I know. So we don't know how much is true and how much isn't. Very but, unclear. Uh, but he claims he claims that somebody died. Yeah. And and he says that Hicks hands uh, were injured and several fingernails broken in what looked to be a struggle against someone or something who dragged him from the side of the truck. Uh, and while whatever caused this 
And while whatever caused his supervisor's demise may be a matter of opinion, what is fact is that no attempt to take down that dead tree or to remove that broken table has been made since. Uh, And something that Griffith Park's chief ranger, Albert Torres, sarcastically thinks is just city bureaucracy at its finest. And he scoffs at the idea that the ghosts of Rand and Nancy are lurking in the shadows, waiting to lash out at hapless passersby. Now, this is something I love when people are trying to be sort of like, huh, no, that's not a big of a deal. That's not scary. But they end up kind of making things a little bit scarier. Oh, of course. And that's what Mr. Torres does. (laughs) He says, it's a big park. Somebody's got to haunt it, Torres says. (laughs) But frankly, I'm not afraid of any make-believe demons as much as I am of some of the living and breathing human monsters who come here. Don't get me wrong. The vast majority of the visitors to the park are here to enjoy themselves and its resources. But if you knew even a quarter of the stuff we find within the park's perimeter, you'd never set foot in it again. Animal sacrifices, satanic cults, murders, prostitution. With stuff like that happening on a regular basis, it makes a pair of 30-year-old ghosts look like good times. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, thanks for making things less scary, Torres. Like, This is wild. Oh, my God. Hold on. Is this a a real thing? So, there's somebody at the bottom. At the bottom, it says, uh, Happy Halloween from Blogging LA's Will Campbell. And I am just realizing, Mara, that the article of the the author of this article's name is Norm Bates. Oh, <laughs> this must have been this must have been like a joke column. But it is. Listen, I was along for the whole damn ride, Mara. <laughs> is it? Was this actually a thing that happened, though? I mean, here's the thing. I let's see. I'm gonna look this up. Haunted picnic table okay so there are multiple entries for this a lot of them are from hiking websites yeah (laughs) i think that there is a maybe a broken i'm seeing a lot of pictures of a broken uh picnic table with a tree on it yeah and maybe this is like an urban legend created around the tree yeah this is a daunting thing for me to realize where it's like oh no i thought in the salem witch trials i'd be someone who's like wait a minute none of this makes sense but from how i received this article i would have been like i mean if they say they saw a yellow bird i I mean who are you (laughs) i thought see what i thought was like i I was like okay people have crazy stories they have crazy stories all the time and it's like wow that's you know but you can't independently verify these things right Um, right but uh, but yeah, it's interesting because this was I found this through an article that was quoted by the Washington Post. <laughs> so so they were and they posted it. They they said and they were like, yeah, there was a death of a young couple here. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like this must be fake. I mean, I read it through before and I thought it, I, I thought it honestly was just like a just like a a, a short story. But it has been quoted. Like it was an actual article about like people's different stories because weirder things have happened. So I know. And I am seeing now that there is this table called table 29, a picnic table in, in Griffith park where there is a, where there's a tree fallen on it that people leave flowers by. So whether or not it's true, it has captured. Are are we the only people who've been, (laughs) (laughs) it does feel like a fun, like it is like a holiday. Like I, I get annoyed with pranks. 
But mm-hmm. like, and and I've heard people say like, oh, Halloween is a time for pranks. And I'm like, is it though? Like, scary yeah, it's is different than pranking. That's going back to like uh, bonfire night in England. And it's like, that's just not, that's like, let's just leave that behind. Yeah. There's enough tumult going on. No pranks this I year. I mean, guys, I was okay? thinking that that guy was a little, he did sound a little too folksy. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true for someone in LA. I, Frankly, Mara, I just assumed I was like, well, LA is full of people who are trying to be actors, so maybe yeah. they're turning, maybe they're kind of turning up the juice with storytelling. Exactly, um, exactly. I so this is really, and this is actually kind of scary because we, yeah, we don't know which parts of this are real or not. <laughs> I, I looked at this guy's. I, I'm looking at this guy's. Um, hold on a second. This guy's uh, uh, blog, and there's just, let's see, there's just him. Um, there's just him talking about okay well here's just him talking about the 60s and 70s and uh and uh and the kind of beer he likes to drink (laughs) it's just it just feels like a middle-aged guy's like like who's a good writer's like blog real journalism different, different different history of uh different history of la you know kind of kind of thing um wow well that got me regardless yeah yeah that's what is amazing about urban legends too, where it's like, it's not like clearly now I'm looking through and just from a cursory glance, there are 12 hiking sites that list this as a, um, a, a peculiar landmark. Yeah. And to me, it's almost like, I don't know. I find it kind of fun that stuff like that can exist now. And that the internet is like a new way of getting harmless urban legends across. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't quickly turn into conspiracy theories that get people hurt. Uh, but yeah, something like this, I find very fun, but that's, I mean, the crazy thing is there's so much, there are so many like ghost stories. And were you saying there's a cryptid that's been cited in Griffith there, Park? There is. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of, um, it, it says, yeah, I'm looking at this. It says that there's, uh, yeah, here's one, the crushed picnic table. Although the story has been dismissed as a hoax, there's also a legend that Griffith Park has a haunted picnic table. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and somebody says, uh, so which is it? Elaborate hoax or fact-based story? Either way, it's a great ghost story. They, they share the story. This is from Weird California. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness here. Um, do you want me to talk about the ghost, the, the, the original haunted haunting stories? Yes. Or do we talk about the cryptid first? Well, okay. why, why don't we start with the ghost and then we'll transition to cryptid. Okay. We'll go from um, we'll go from ghostly to corporeal. Okay, yes. So so there's uh, the, the story of like the founding of Griffith Park um, it was owned originally, the area was owned by Don Antonio uh, uh, Feliz Feliz uh, 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 Don Antonio Feliz died of smallpox and he either willingly or was tricked into selling his land to a wealthy general uh, and there are stories that he was like so sick with smallpox that this uh, this like wealthy guy came in and was like, hey, can I have your land? And they like moved his head with a oh. stick so he would <gasps> nod. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's the story. And the story is that his niece was really mad that because she wanted that land. And uh, and there the like she she basically put a curse on the landowners and like there is no real there is no real evidence like of whether or not that's true mm-hmm. but weird things started happening like it says uh 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 the curse of the felices may be nothing but a myth but it is true that the ranch that would become griffith park changed hands with disconcerting rapidity over the next 30 years and that its many owners kept meeting nasty fates 
um, like it says they swiftly ceded the property to the guy, the guy who owned it, uh, Coronel, Cornell, uh, uh, Colonel, swiftly <laughs> ceded the property to his lawyer who was shot and killed while celebrating the sale of the land's water rights. The next owner attempted to turn the ranch into a dairy business, but the cattle sickened and died and grasshoppers and fires demolished the crops. During the tenure of its last owner, Griffith J. Griffith, who Griffith J. Griff, Griffith, that there is a character that you could. That play. I mean, that feels like someone like the parents had fallen asleep when they needed to sign the yes. birth certificate. Well, he was a guy. He came all the way from Wales, and then he was in Northern California working during the Gold Rush. There's like a good episode of The Dollop about him, and uh, and he was an eccentric. But he like he bought a cane just because he thought it would look fancy, and he was known <laughs> for like dressing very ostentatiously. Uh, understandable. And, Yes. And he was, yeah, he was, he was a real character, this one. I mean, he did a lot of bad, horrible things, uh, as a lot of men in history did, but, uh, it says that, yeah, during the tenure of its last owner, Griffith J. Griffith, a lightning storm brought down huge stands of trees and sent a wall of water cascading through the canyons, ruining much of the ranch. So it it seems like it was cursed from the beginning. There, there were all of these, all of these horrible things kept happening. And, uh, and there was an article in, yeah, the Washington Post about that because uh, people found a skull. Uh, oh. Some, some people found a skull uh, in, in uh, Griffith Park. And that article actually links to the, um, it links to the article about uh, the, the couple on the picnic table oh, uh, yeah. as if it were true. Also, I, I have found, so, so the cryptid thing, mm-hmm. um, there are people who claim they've seen strange things flying over griffith park like oh dragons or pterodactyls sure sure <laughs> yeah but i mean there and i was thinking like it's probably just really big birds uh but you know it, and it's interesting to me that that would be specific but there's this also this story uh on weird california a person posted about their three friends sighting saying to this day all three shake when describing it to me according to them it was a humanoid of some sort its legs were very long as well as its feet, and it was taking huge strides as it made its way down the street. Its back was bent back, and its neck was very long and was bent forward. What? It said no human could be bent like this thing was. Its eyes were black, but it did not have the whites as well. Its skin was transparent green, and it was wearing nothing but white pants and black shoes. Transparent green with with white pants and black shoes? Yeah, Carl said that it looked like a dead Ziggy Stardust because the hair was bright red. <laughs> No. Now, I, I want to just be like, I, I, I like, like, I, I want to be like, okay, somebody's clearly just making this up on the internet for fun. Hmm. But the description is so bizarre. That's the thing. W- yeah. Whether, like, if they're making it up, I have respect for them because Los Angeles go for broke. They're oh, not they just, they're not just going to say, I, I saw a ghost. I saw an I saw alien. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a translucent green backwards man wearing white pants <laughs> with red hair. With red hair. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I think like there is a possibility they could have seen something really strange and that's how they interpreted it. Yeah, you know? but but yeah, it really is like like and and I do think I mean I do think that so much of this is like L.A. Uh, you know L- L.A. has never let the truth get in the way of a good story. 
Right. Oh, that's great. I think that's a great motto. <laughs> yeah, it, it really it's that's that's really what it is. It's it's, you know, it, it's sort of a, a mythology of itself. I think what's interesting, too, about Griffith Park is, at least for Los Angeles, it's this huge swath of untamed land in the middle of everything. Yeah. And I I haven't spent a whole lot of time, like, exploring and hiking there. Chris goes quite frequently. But one time, this – Chris and our friend Mike and I had gone to see Dr. Sleep, and we were driving back home. We were driving through Griffith Park, and there were a bunch of road closures – Yep, and I I really did have a moment as we were driving through and kept reaching like dead ends. I was yeah. like, it would be so easy for a for like a ghost or a cult or a monster to kill us and no one would ever find us. <laughs> like that's honestly how it felt in Los Angeles, which is crazy to say out loud. There's, I mean, everybody says that the Hollywood sign is haunted because, and, and this is like such a like Hollywood LA thing. It's it's. That is haunted by people who who jumped off it. Oh God! Yeah, and they they had they've closed access to it and then opened access to it like over and over again. And for me, it's just a place that we used to go hiking when we were kids. Right, right. You know, and so it's it's a little bit like how I think I've told you before that like I, I mean I'm agnostic about ghosts, but if ghosts exist, like my childhood house was haunted for sure. <laughs> so I, I feel like a little bit. I'm just like, yeah, maybe it's haunted, maybe it's not, maybe I don't notice just because I'm I'm there. You know, I, I I grew up there, but there's there's so many other stories about um, like I know the Griffith Park Observatory is said to be haunted as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They would I say that every year. I yeah. wonder, too, like, I, I think what's funny is when I moved here initially, I was like, oh, this is so much of a less spooky place than New York is in terms yeah. of like walking like walking from place to place i feel like in new york sometimes it'd be like oh this street's definitely haunted yeah but what <laughs> what people don't really talk about much here is that um if you do find yourself out like walking at night you are one of the only people out there yeah and that is that sort of like especially what's so crazy is like going like downtown at night when people aren't working like they're just there aren't really people there i mean especially now yeah, that's that's really the thing. I mean, I will uh, like I've I've walked down the street by myself, like singing singing show tunes to myself, <laughs> and nobody's noticed. <laughs> Especially on rainy days. Like when I first moved back here and I was living in Pasadena, um, I would go out on rainy days and and I would just sing to myself. <laughs> Mara, you were just begging for Joseph Gordon Levitt to fall in love with you. <laughs> No. Oh God. It it really is, you know, it 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 was it sounds twee, but it was just me like humming to myself. <laughs> and uh yeah. Um, but you know, people say people do say that there's it, it, i mean, California noir is like a real thing. Yeah, I um, I love a California noir. Mm-hmm. It, there's also yeah, I'm I'm looking at more. There's more people talk about seeing the ghost of Doña Petronia Petronia, who uh was the the woman who allegedly put the curse on there, Doña Petra, uh, Doña Petronia. Yes, mm-hmm. Doña Petronia. Uh, she's described as a young woman on a white dress, sometimes riding a white horse. Um, she's sometimes watching from the adobe's windows on dark and rainy nights. Whoa. Uh, and Griffith, Griffith J. Griffith, I guess, is uh, <laughs> is sometimes spotted in the park as well. Uh, she, he, he, like went, like he, he, like had like a psychotic break or something like that or possibly like alcoholic like had had alcoholic hallucinations or something like that and he shot his wife because he thought that she and uh the pope 
were conspiring against him? Well, you know, tale as old as time. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was. I mean, there were like, and I'm wondering, like, he was from Wales, I, and I don't know about Wales, but I know like England definitely has like a lot of like Catholic conspiracy theories, and like there's a big history there of like Protestant versus Catholic, you know, in the UK and and in England. Like, there's a long history of that. So I wonder if maybe he heard some stories, or or maybe he did. Uh, you know, he, he also, his, his wife's name was Christina Mesmer. Mesmer, like mesmerism? Mes- yeah. Yeah. Like M-E-S- I, I don't know if it was pre or post mesmer, mesmerism, but. Wow. Yeah. But he, he was, he was terrified and got paranoid and shot his wife because he thought that she was trying to kill him. Oh God. Or so he claimed. So people still say that they, they see, they see his ghosts, that they see Don Antonio Feliz. Um, and, uh, a mounted ghost has been spotting riding in the park. Uh, this spirit is believed to be the ghost of Griffith J. Griffith as the style of the writer does not match that of a Spanish Don. So <laughs> I love the specificity. Uh, uh, the, weird, weird. Yeah. Weirdca.com is great. Anna and I've talked about, um, when a, when a ghost has a horse, yes. I'm always curious about what's going on. Like, what are the politics of, um, are you going to take your, your ghost's horse with you when you do like, yeah. Who, is it a real horse with a ghost on it? it what? How does this work? I feel like, yeah, like, and, and how does it happen? Like, for me, it would make sense if they, like, died at the same time. Right. But, like, you know, and, and so they're kind of connected together. Right. And but, then the but, indignity, if it, if you don't die at the same time, then you're just waiting around for your horse to die until you can get around and terrify Yeah, people. or if your horse dies before you. I mean, like, I, I like the- <laughs> I like the idea of like being reunited with your favorite pets. I do like that. The concept though of a horse dying first as like, and then it's just a horse ghost being like, okay, someone's (laughs) going to die because I need some carrots. Yes. Or there's, there's, there's a horse that dies and uh, a horse that dies. And then, and then like in the afterworld, they're like, yo, you want to team up? Like, like, where are you from? Like, that would be a fun story to write about like a a ghost horse. Who's just a ghost horse looking for a rider, but it finally gets one. Suddenly, like, all of the nation's horse girls and goth girls, their ears all perked up at the same time. <laughs> They're ready to unite. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And and I mean, Griffith Park is a great place to be a horse girl and a goth girl. Because there's a great, huge. There's great horseback riding there. There is. It is the happiest place on earth for the horse girl, goth girl combo. I, um, I mean, I went to I, I would I, I went to many, many horseback riding birthday parties there. Wow. Oh, a horseback riding birthday party. Yeah. Did you guys never do that? <laughs> Maybe that happens when you grow up next to like an equestrian center. And it's not like a fancy equestrian center. It's not like, I mean, I'm sure there's like some fancy horse riding stuff there, but mostly it's just like, no, nah, you just go up on a trail and then you turn around, you go back down. My uh, Florida you- equivalent to that is um, I've been to a birthday where we went to a water treatment plant where um, – <laughs> The water is warm and so manatees go there and we threw heads of lettuces and cabbages for the manatees to eat. And wow. I will say oh I had a great gosh. time. <laughs> that sounds great. It was great. It was they really will demolish cute. lettuce. Yeah. Do they do they really they demolish the lettuce? Yeah, it, I mean some I think it's like what's what's weird about manatee manatees i lived in florida for so much of my life and i still don't know the the correct uh plural plural form of manatee yeah. um but i believe it kind of they, they they have a hard time getting at a right angle to take a bite mm, so in my right. experience they can either nibble at it 
or they kind of dunk their head down and so it's just below them and they're just munching at it kind of under their chin. Oh, yeah. That, that I guess that would be kind of – I'm trying to imagine them doing it and it's it's like – it, it, it like makes me think of that game where you have to pass an orange with, with your neck. Yes, that's exactly it. That's the manatee version of that. Except if the game was you had to eat the orange. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at this. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy who, who bought it was Don, I think Don Antonio Coronel. That was his name. I think, I think oh, gotcha. earlier, earlier I thought, I thought maybe it was mistyped and it was, and it, it was saying Colonel because it was sold to the general, but Coronel was his name. I'm looking. At oh, that I see. Thank you um, for the clarification. Yes, there's, uh, there's, and everybody in the comment section on this thing talks about uh, being being related to either Griffith or Don Antonio uh, Feliz or or Donato or or Coronel or somebody like that. Um, here's one of my favorite comments here. Um, I was at the Greek theater at a heart concert. I met comedian David Spade there, and he allowed me to take a picture with him. My friend took the pic of us, and there appears to be a ghost in the background of the pic just above David's right shoulder. It's really creepy. <laughs> wow, that's that's the most LA ghost story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder what David Spade thinks about this. I know. The only thing that would have made it a more more an LA ghost story would be like, and here's my headshot in case you need it. Exactly, exactly. Uh uh, you know, it that's that's very that's very LA, but you know, there's people who there's like the people who like this person's from West Covina, and oh. uh, I mean, um, I mean, I think that that like, I mean, West Covina has a name now because of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, uh-huh. but uh, but I think a lot of that is is you know, it's not even people trying to be be uh, be like Hollywood types. It's just it's just people are just the people who live here. Like there is something a little weird I think about those of us who grew up here, like some of the some of the hippie stuff like like even if you grew up in like a pretty conservative family like i did we still had like environmentally friendly appliances and we like took our own back to the grocery store and uh and like things like um things like astrology were just like kind of common knowledge and and things that everybody talked about <laughs> like it was just a it, it was just part of the culture right so i i do think that there is something a little bit like and I wonder if we're more likely to like believe in ghosts and believe in weird things than yeah. people. I mean, I think, I think there's something to um, maybe when you have more time to yourself to commute, like when you're just sitting in your car driving, it makes <laughs> more space in your brain for ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I I also think there is, and there was like, uh, uh, like people talk a lot about like Chicago in the 1930s, but. Oh yeah. And, and the 1920s and 1930s. But L.A. was not much better. Like, Right. I know a lot of mafia problems there. Yeah. Uh, notoriously corrupt and a lot right. of things and a lot of cults and like the new uh, Perry Mason on HBO. Yeah, it captures they, that well. Has been. Yeah. I had to stop watching it for a little while, even though like two of my favorite actors, Tatiana Maslany and Matthew Reese are on it. I just stopped watching it because it was so intense. Yeah. I <laughs> did the same. back to it. But that's I had to take I- a break. Yeah, I had to take a break. I, I had to take a break and like watch something funny for a while. <laughs> I was just like, this is too much for me. Uh, but but yeah, but they get into it there because there were there were like these new religious groups that did really horrible, terrifying things. And there were the, the police there were notoriously corrupt. And there's there's all kinds of things, especially when it comes to water. I mean, like that's what the movie Chinatown is about. Right. And, yeah, it's all that. And yeah, yeah the the. 
And and I do think in some ways there's sort of like an idea of like paying for the the past sins. And, yeah. and also the idea that anybody can come out here and kind of erase their past, you know, and, and start anew and like have this dream. Like it's I sort of an American huge. dream within the American dream. Yeah, I think that the idea of starting over is often the cause of a lot of tragedy, funnily enough, yeah. because it's like often people trying to escape real like uh, rough things from their past end up having something worse happen in the new place they end up in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of LA's whole thing. And what's so great, I this has been so lovely, Mara, because yes. I think primarily my association with like haunted LA is all like dead movie stars. Mm-hmm. And to instead have this like wilderness of urban legends, real or imagined in the middle of Griffith Park, I think is so much fun. It is. I mean, I've heard the haunted movie star things too. I heard, I heard that one of the studios, I think either on Warner Brothers or Universal, is haunted uh, yeah. by a young girl. They say might be named Janet, who probably That's died right. in the seventies. Like, I heard that story once. I, I read it in like the Daily News or the L.A. Times, like twenty years ago. I haven't been able to find <laughs> it since. If but, her name's Janet, you know she died in the seventies. Of course, know? yeah, of course. And yeah, they they saw like a little girl there, and were like, "Do you do you need anything?" And she like giggled and ran away. Uh, but oh. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, but there's just so much more. And I also think that it's extremely creepy that this guy, you know, there, there are stories of this picnic table, but this guy either, either took what he did, took this and, you know, made it out of whole cloth or he, he, uh, you know, kind of riffed on something that was already a little bit of a joke already I or a know. little bit of a story already. I'm and, so curious. And then made it into this whole thing. And now like the Washington Post is citing it. <laughs> this is why. And that's the thing. If anyone has any information about this urban legend, please do reach out. You can follow us on Twitter at scary story underscore pod, Instagram, scary story underscore pod, or you can email us at scary story pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Maybe we should just contact the guy who wrote it. I mean, that's like, a good. Is there any basis in reality here? You know, we can we can talk about the beers you like to drink as long as you tell us about the origin <laughs> of this story. Would you mind if we closed out with a scary idea for things that could happen? Uh yes, yes. Okay, L- let me. Uh, I have one. Good. Okay. You're lying in bed. It's the middle of the night, and suddenly you feel something jump onto your bed and you open your eyes and there's a cat sitting there and you look at the cat and the cat looks at you and you ask the cat what do you want and the cat starts to meow but not just one meow it starts to meow and it doesn't stop And it's just one long, solid meow for what goes on forever, or what feels like forever. And then you close your eyes again, and the cat is gone. That could happen. I mean, you're always dependable, Mara, for a cat-related horror story. <laughs> I mean, this is based on some experiences I've had where I've 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 woken up and eye to eye with a cat, and the cat will not stop meowing. But and there's especially one of my cats that gives very very long meows. A long meow. A long meow. Like wow. Meow. <laughs> Your cat has good breath control. 
Yeah, I know. I'm amazed about it. And and sometimes it like warbles up and down. I think in that I said it, I, I accidentally said it wasn't just one meow, but it, it would be just one. Just meow. <laughs> yeah. And okay, that's a feeling. Yeah, yours? <laughs> uh, here's mine. Okay. You're checking out at the grocery store. And on the little screen, it lists the options debit and credit. But below credit, there's an option that you haven't ever seen before. And in the little letters down there, it very clearly says credit, debit, or bone. And you think, bone? That must be a new payment method. But you're too curious, so you press the bone button. And in that very moment, you feel something unnatural inside of you. And you go and you touch your chest, and one of your ribs is missing. That That could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was was like, is it going to be blood? Is it going to be soul? But bone. bone, Just one bone. That's very creepy. I mean, if you could pick the bone, I mean, I I wouldn't be totally against it. There must be some. Well, you know, I have a bone to pick. (laughs) (laughs) Mara, thank you so much. Thank Um, you so much. Where can people follow you? They can find me at Mara Wilson on Twitter and Instagram, and they can also follow my writing at mara.substack.com. And, uh, in, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Good. I highly recommend, I highly recommend following Mara. She's such an amazing writer and incredibly funny and, and just uh, everything she writes has a lot of heart to it, which I really appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. I've loved being here again. And uh, Mara, will you join me in telling the rest of our listeners to get out forever dog. This has been a forever dog production. Scary stories to tell on the pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.